we're going through our, our values as a church, who we are, what we stand for, what we want to be. Uh, and those values are, are Jesus-centered, Bible-based, spirit-led, and people-focused. And we've been staggering the, the series over the mornings um, and the evenings so we all get to, uh, to hear what they are. Um, and in fact, we're going to show a short video. I'll show you a short video. Uh, this is the, the Bible-based Bible based video. This will whet your appetite for what is going to come this evening. We want to be a church that has strong biblical roots and that teaches the Bible faithfully, consistently, creatively, and in a culturally relevant way. We aim to do this through strong biblical preaching on a Sunday. We also provide midweek courses where people can grow in their Bible knowledge from Alpha and Foundations right through to more in-depth theology courses. We want to develop a curriculum for Christ-likeness across all age groups in the church. We have weekly groups for children and youth as well as our community groups for adults, all of which provide opportunities for us to learn, grow and apply the Bible to our everyday lives. Community groups are, are a great place to start. Uh, we want to be able to explore the Bible together and to apply it together because it's not just reading it, it's, it's applying it and, and a good community group uh, uh, helps us to apply the Bible to our everyday life. On a Sunday morning when the children all leave, um, they come out to us, there's normally a bit of time for them to play and get to know one another, but then we will all meet together um, in each of our zones where we will focus on something from the Bible. At the heart of what we want is that they know who Jesus is and the only way they will know that is through the Bible. And so right from our blue zone, which is the youngest, every week we will open the Bible, we will read the Bible together, and we're encouraging families to do that as well so that they truly know who Jesus is and can have a relationship with him. Well, with Source on a Sunday, that's where we do our main Bible teaching. And, and what we do, we, we follow the same series as the church because we think it's really important to be able to talk as families about what we're studying together um, in the Bible. So for instance, we did the Revelation series all together and we did some memory verses with the young people, which was really great. The Bible's not held in esteem in our society and that's one of the reasons why we try to use every opportunity to be teaching from the Bible, whether that's at the youth community groups, on a Friday night as a, a thought for the evening. We want to take every opportunity for our young people to, to know the Bible, to understand the importance, the relevance of today and um, how we have to stand up and actually be countercultural sometimes. We really believe the Bible impacts people's lives, it changes people's lives, it transforms them. So we really want young people to be engaging with the, the Bible for themselves and we really want to help them to do that. Um, it's a way of getting to know God, it's a way of getting to know Jesus and it's so powerful. We're really passionate about every young person being able to engage with the Bible. We teach everybody should be a self-feeder and there's something absolutely wonderful about feeding yourself on the Word of God every day. It's like a seed and when we receive the seed it will it will grow. Wonderful. That's a, a great video that shows all the, the different aspects across the church that are Bible-based. Everything we do at this church is based on the Bible and what the Bible says. So last week in the evening we had Jesus Centered. This is the, this wonderful jigsaw that's been made for us that will, when completed obviously, will show uh, the church in its full glory. Uh, but last week we did Jesus Centered uh, and this week, as I said, we're doing Bible based. Now if we are to be Bible based, I think that there are three broad things 
that we need to know, that we need to get straight um, about the Bible. We need to know what the Bible is and what it teaches. We need to know why we need it, why we need the Bible. And we need to know what we're going to do with it if we are to be Bible-based. So the first thing I want to look at is we need to know what the Bible is and what it teaches. And this is uh, of some verses that I just want to start with in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is 15, or sorry, 14 to 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that scripture. I love, I love when it says that all scripture is God-breathed. This book is full of the very words of God. People want to know him, we'll look at this later, know this book. It is God-breathed. The, word, the very words of God through men have ended up in this book. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking. We don't like that word, do we? <laughs> but we need it. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. This book is full of everything we need for the Christian life. It is a manual for Christian life. And if, if non-Christians would have it, if the rest of the world would have it, it would be a manual for life itself. But for us, we know that this is a manual for Christian life. Everything we need for a good Christian life is contained within this book. Those of you that have, have had children, or you've got family that have had children, will, will have, be aware of the little red book that every baby gets. I'm not getting any nods, is it just us? There is this little red book. Now this book will tell you it's full of graphs and charts, and it will tell you from when the baby is born how it develops. And and depending on how it started, how much it should grow, how much weight it should gain, how much longer it should grow. I don't know why they call it longer, but how much longer the baby should grow. And it kind of tells you how the baby will develop. And you can look in this book and it can show you where this baby should get to. And the Bible does the same for us. If we are infant Christians, if we're baby Christians and growing Christians, we can use this book to tell us kind of what we should be like. We can almost use it like a mirror to show us where we are who we are and how much like Christ we are or not. It's a wonderful book of reference. And when I was in the Navy, we had books called books of reference, just that. And they're called, we shortened to BRs, they were called, books of reference. And these books were there for every single eventuality, from putting a boat in the water to, to fixing a clip on a door to the actual ship sinking there was a book that would tell you what to do in every single situation. Some of them are emblazoned on my, my memory. BR 3000 was the mechanical engineer's Bible. So it was called BR 2052 was electrical maintenance. BR 820 was potable water, safe drinking water. You can tell I was tested on these quite a lot. But everything that went wrong or everything that went right from day to day to the that's never going to happen, there was a book that would tell us this is what you need to do. This is our book of reference. It tells us what we need to do from day to day to, oh my goodness, my life is a real mess. It tells us what to do. Whether it's arguments, when we fall out with people, church structure, how we set up authority, how we set up leaders, what qualifies people to be a leader. 
It talks about rest and rhythm of life. How to do life. It talks about money and what we do with it. Everything we do from day to day to, to big life events are contained within this Bible. It is a manual for all of life. What else is this book, this Bible? It's a love letter. It's an invitation to know God. In the book of Hosea, it tells of a man whose wife constantly left him for other men. But Hosea continually ran after her, would not give up on her, and would continually love her. And that is the story of this book. It is people that God created that continually run away from him, that continually try and avoid him. But he relentlessly chases them down, and he continues to love them. In Psalm 119, verse 41, it says, May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. His love is unfailing, it's never ending. And it comes with a promise of salvation, a promise that we will be saved. What else is this book? This book is a story. It's, you might have heard the word meta-narrative. You may not. Meta-narrative is an overarching story that envelops lots of other stories within it. And that's exactly what the Bible is. It's one story full of lots of other little stories. It begins in Genesis 1 after creation with a marriage between Adam and Eve. The Bible ends one chapter before the end in Revelation 21 with another marriage between Christ and the church. And the story between these two marriages is a tale of God's love for you and for me. It's the story of life. In the Garden of Eden, that's the way it was supposed to be. That's how God would have loved it to have been. But you and I came along and changed it. But he wants to take us back to that place. He wants to take it back to that place where we get to live with him in a perfect world. It's a revelation. This book is a revelation of God. As we've read, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. We cannot know God without this book. As Pentecostals, we believe in this existential experience with God, which is very true, which is very real. But without this book, there's no way to put it into context. There's no way to understand who God is and his very nature. This book reveals to us who God is. This book is food. Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, he said, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Of course we need food to live. Of course we do. But Jesus himself said, that's not enough. You need more than that. You need every word that comes from the word of God, which we now hold in our hands in this book. Why do we need food? We need food to grow. We need food to develop. We need to develop muscle. We need the word of God to develop spiritual muscle. We need the word of God to develop spiritual maturity. The Bible is food. And the last thing I want to say, and there are many more, but the last thing I want to say about this, about what the Bible is and what it teaches, is the Bible is truth. It is truth. Jesus' words again, in John 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Psalm 119, verse 142, that incredible psalm that reflects on the whole of the Bible, says, Your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. The Bible is true. Now, I know the question you're thinking. How can you reference the Bible 
to determine the authority of the Bible? How can the Bible tell you how good or how true or how real the Bible is? Well, Kevin DeYoung says that this is a reasonable question, but you can't establish the supreme authority of your supreme authority by going to some other lesser authority. It would be a bit like me taking a children's ladybird storybook and trying to reference that to the Encyclopedia Britannica and saying that this, this book has something to say about this book. The ultimate authority is the ultimate authority, and the Bible is our ultimate authority. And you can't use anything else to reference it, anything else to, to talk about it. The Bible is what the Bible is. That, that logic is circular, but no more than a, a secularist defending reason with reason, or a scientist touting the authority of science based on science, De Young says. He says, we go to the Bible to learn about the Bible because to judge the Bible by any other standard would be to make the Bible less than what it claims to be. The Bible stands alone on its own authority. There is nothing else that can dictate to us what the Bible is or isn't. So for scientists to say that scientists explains everything in the universe, that's fine, but just ask them why. Very quickly, it will unravel. This book tells us why. Because it's a God that loves us. He made this world the way it is, made us the way we are, because he wants to be in relationship with us. No other book can speak into this book. It is God's book. So that's what the Bible is, and that's what it teaches. We can trust it, and it is true. So why then? Why do we need it? If we're going to be Bible-based, think, why do we need the Bible? To be Bible-based, we do need it. But why do we need this Bible? Why is it so important to us? We've just talked about truth. And there is a battle out there, isn't there? in our world for truth. Truth has taken on less and less meaning, less and less importance as the years have gone by. Truth is fighting post-truth. There is no objective truth anymore. Even science is derided with facts. They're saying those, those facts aren't true. Don't tell me what I am and what I'm not. Don't tell me what my truth is. We're post-modernism, where we had the Enlightenment and science explained everything to us. I know we're now in this postmodern world where science can come, well, is it true, is it not? I want to know what the, the truth is, this pursuit for truth. People will say, that's, that's fine, but this is my truth. You can tell me the truth, but this is my truth. Jeff referenced um, a conference that we went to, and it was a, it was a wonderful illustration. And I'm, I'm going to try and put this picture up now, if that's okay, of, um, of some Jenga blocks. Now, if you're like me and you're a straight line person and you need straight lines and order, you're loving this picture on the left. That, if you like, is God's design for this world. That's the way it was supposed to be. All nice and neat and ordered. My dreams come true. Nice and perfect and lined up. But what we've done as a society, what our world has done, is decided to take out some of those blocks. They've taken out what the Bible says. The Bible isn't true. They've taken out... The block about God, God doesn't exist. They've taken up the block about Jesus, Jesus didn't exist. He was just a prophet. And they've slowly started to pick out some of the things that are foundational to our world and foundational to our understanding of truth. And then the picture on the right, whether you take the blocks and put them on the top or not, you can only take so many blocks out before the whole thing comes crashing down. And we've seen in our world recently, whether it's New Zealand or Scotland or Predicted in Canada for leaders to, to give up, to throw in the towel, to say, I've got nothing left. 
Is it because they're exhausted? I don't know. Is it because someone keeps moving the goalposts? Is it because somebody makes their job impossible? Because the truth is just what you think it is or what I think it is. We used to have truth in our world. We still have truth in our world as Christians. But it is a battle for truth. So we need the Bible to tell us the truth. The Bible is an antidote to false teaching. There are many who would distort truth, as, I, as I've said, or try to deconstruct it to fit their own desires, their own narratives, and their own ends. And we've been forewarned of these times. In Romans 1.18, Paul says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Romans 1.25 says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. He was forever praised. Amen. He talked about people in the past that had first-hand experience of God. Think of the Israelites who were saved from Egypt. They walked through a sea. It was split in two. They followed a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. They had food dropped from heaven. And they still worshipped a calf. Or they worshipped a carved wooden figure. Because that was surely better than a God that saved them from their slavery. And we think that's a thing of the past. But it's a pattern of history, and it will come round again. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. We want to be Bible-based as a church because we need to know the truth. The truth keeps us safe. The truth keeps us anchored to God. The truth helps us to live out this life faithfully to God. We need truth. You know, bank tellers, and banks, fully enough, when they're taught about um, fake money, when, they, when they're told about fake banknotes, you'd think that they were shown them, and this is what a fake banknote looks like, but they don't. Bank tellers are told and shown to handle real money. And so they get used to it, exactly what it feels like. They know real money. And as soon as a fake comes along, they see it instantly. And this is what the Bible does for us. If you know this Bible well, if you know what this Bible says, if you know the truth of the Bible, when the fake stuff comes along, when the stuff that would challenge what you think, you know the truth. And not only will the truth set you free when you know it, the truth will keep you anchored to God. We need this book. It's the antidote to false teaching. We need this book to know God. We talked about it being the revelation of God. If you want a relationship with someone, you need to get to know them. I think back to the days when, again, when I was in the Navy, and Kate would write letters to me. I found them in the safe, actually, just the other day. And she would write letters to me while I was away. This is before we even had email, believe it or not. Um, and you'd have to wait, sometimes months on end, for a letter. A letter would come, and, and you'd read it, and then you'd read it again and again and again, and then, then you'd disappear and try not to cry as you're reading it again. But it would reveal something about Kate and her love for me, even at a distance. And this is what this book does. It reveals God to us. It tells us about his character, how much he loves us, what he wants for us, what the future holds. As I said earlier, it's a love letter, and we need it to know God. In Proverbs 2, it says this, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom 
and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. If we want to know God, we've got to know the Bible. And the more we know the Bible, the more we will know about God. John Stott, the Anglican theologian, quoted Jerome, the early church father, who said, The ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Equally, we may say that knowledge of Scripture is knowledge of Christ. You know, last Sunday morning, we had Mike Smith, a member of our congregation, one of our community group leaders, talked about us, talk to us about his journey of faith. He said he was looking for something. He knew there was something out there, but he didn't know what it was. He read voraciously. He read about New Age uh, mysticism. He read Buddhism, uh, Islam. He read all the religions that, that he could. One day, someone tapped him on the shoulder in Waterstones as he was looking for another book and gave him this Christian book. He said, this is the book you're ever, the only spiritual book you'll ever need. That book pointed Mike to the Bible, and he became a Christian, and he found out who the true God was and who the true, what the true faith was. And what, I'd met him this week, and what he said to me, he wanted to get across that all these Christian books that he, that he read were wonderful. They were really great, and they pointed him to the Bible, but it was the Bible that introduced him to Jesus. So Christian books are wonderful. They're great. I've got a wardrobe full at home and in the office, lots of them, and they're really, really helpful. But at the end of the day, they all point to this book and what it says about us and what it says about God. This book is everything to us, and we need it to know God. It's instruction. This Bible gives us instruction. We talked about it being um, a manual for life. It gives us instruction to both young and old. I should say older, really, shouldn't I? To younger and older. We saw it in the video. To young people, how, how are we Bible-based with our young people well in kids zone on a Sunday morning everything we teach them is from a curriculum it is bible based kids club on a Friday evening however short that may be there's bible content and even community children come in and they hear from the word of God our source our young people that are taught on a Friday evening they're taught on a on a Sunday in their community groups it's all bible based young adults when we discuss it always comes back to the bible what does the bible say about this because it provides instruction for our life. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. We need to be Bible-based with our young people, with our children. We think our original scripture I looked at this evening from 2 Timothy. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and I have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. The Bible says that we should talk of scripture, we should talk of God with our children, when we get up, when we sit down, when we eat, when we go out, when we walk along the road. This Bible needs to be the center of our lives, and particularly for our young people, because if we set them off on the way they should go, they will not depart from it. They will remain Bible-based. So then what about the older 
community within the church, the adult community. We have community groups, as do the youth, the main people's homes that review and chew on the Sunday teaching. Whatever has been taught on a Sunday morning, those notes are passed to community groups, and they will chew on that. They will ask questions on that. And if it's not that material, it's still Bible-based material. The Bible is central to everything that we do. Discipleship. We need instruction in discipleship. Discipleship, discipline, exactly that. How do we do that? How do we become more Christ-like as disciples? We need spiritual food, which gives us spiritual growth. And this all comes from instruction within the Bible. And as I said earlier, the Bible provides instruction for churches, for framework, for structure, for discipline. Because we all know we get things right all the time, don't we? So we never need to be corrected. We never need to be rebuked. But it's in there. It's in the, yes, it's God's love letter to us. It's God's love story for us. But who knows, anybody that's been around children or grandchildren, that sometimes they need correcting. And it's done in love. We do it because we love them. Don't go that way. It's going to hurt you. And that's what this book is. It's full of instruction. So the third thing I want to talk about this evening is to know what to do with it. So if we want to be Bible-based, we know what the Bible is. We know what it teaches. We know why we need it. But what are we going to do with it? What do we need to do with this book? Well, it's a book, so no prizes for guessing what the first thing is. We need to read it. We need to read it. I asked, Jeff mentioned uh, last week about Scott McKnight, who asked God to fill him with the Holy Spirit and that he would have a voracious appetite for the Bible. And I remember praying the same thing when I, heard, I read this book and Jeff spoke to me about it and I prayed and I prayed, God, I really want to get a voracious appetite for this book. And you know what God whispered into my mind? Paul, you've got to pick it up. You may laugh, but I was so busy waiting for this feeling to, to fall in love with the Bible. I said, pick it up. And you know what happened? I picked it up and I fell in love with it. You've got to pick this Bible up. Whether it's on a screen, I prefer this because then I don't get any notifications. There's no notifications in here. The only interruption you get from here, reading this one, is God. That's all I'm going to say. But I fell in love with that book, and I love reading that book. I get excited when I read this book. So we need to read it. We need to meditate on it. In fact, in Psalm 1, this is what it says about meditating on the Word of God. Blessed is the one. So spiritually happy, spiritually content, spiritually mature is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. They delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. They make it central to their life. It's Bible-based. <laughs> that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So we read it, we meditate on this word, and whatever we do, whatever we turn our, our shoulder to, for God will prosper. It will not wither if we love this book, delight in the law of the Lord, and see if it does not do that for you. See if your life does not flourish. See if your fruit does not flourish. We need to get into this book, and there are many ways in which uh, we can do this. And I'm going to ask uh, Matt and Liz, who, who run a course here at the church. We normally run it after Alpha, but I'm not going to say too much. So I'll, let them, I'll let them tell you. Um, in fact, I'm just going to let them speak, and then I'll come back and comment afterwards. You've had enough from me already. Thanks, guys. A second mic. Oh, 
Uh, so we run the foundations course, which runs um, normally directly after Alpha. And uh, we wrote it several years ago. And the, and the aim of the foundations course was kind of um, for like a new Christian. So it assumed that if you came on the course that you'd made a decision to be a Christian, but uh, you were wanting to create good godly habits, uh, habits. And yeah, it kind of assumes that you knew nothing. And we kind of describe it as a bit like a Haynes manual for being a Christian. So it's a really safe course to come to. Um, we're very aware that for those of us who have been in church for a long time, there's a lot of kind of Christian jargon or we'll talk about different terms or things that um, perhaps somebody who's new to the church might not um, understand so we as we do talk about the bible which is what we're talking about tonight but we do touch on prayer we talk about giving so when we have the collection bucket come around and we talk about tithes and offerings we talk about what a tithe is what an offering is we talk about um, fellowship another kind of christian world we talk about what fellowship is and why it's important we talk about communion, what is it, what is it that we're passing around and why are we doing it. And so it's a really basic course, but one of the weeks is about, uh, about the Bible. So um, what we do in that week, Phil, if we could look at the second slide, please. So we hand out a little booklet that people work through each week and they can take it home and we encourage them to do homework if they want to, but there's really low pressure. But we always give people activities to do and we give them a selection of activities so they can just pick, but really simple, but to help them to develop these godly habits. So Matt, I wondered whether you talk about um, like how we introduce the Bible and how basic we actually go with it. Yes, yeah, so we, uh, we try and give people an understanding of, of what the Bible is. We're, we're encouraging people to become Christians. We're encouraging people to follow Christ. Um, but we want people to be aware um, entirely of what they're signing up for. So we go over the Bible. We talk about its, um, its history uh, and its, its kind of roots, where it comes from. We talk about the fact that it's... Um, inspired by God but it was written by people so um, we try and sort of bust the, the myth that it was uh, uh, produced from the sky or anything like that um, so we, 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 we try and be really uh, functional in, in that way um, we go over the different translations um, so we talk about what a translation is and how it comes back from the original um, and why there are different translations and, uh, and how we might choose a translation as well uh, to make it more accessible uh, for people. And every week we have Bibles on the table so everybody can handle a Bible. And, you know, often in church, Bible references are made and people might look through their phone or some people have paper Bibles. But we have a paper Bible and we get people to just get a feel for it and kind of the order of what's in the Bible. And at a really practical level, one of the activities we do is we give out, it's a very practical course. I think that's really helpful and helps people to learn, but in a really no pressure way so people don't have to get involved. But but uh, we try and make it as practical as possible. So one of the verses is one that Paul's already read out in 2 Timothy and another one in Hebrews. And we give them the Bible reference and we talk about what a chapter is and what a verse is and how we find it in the bold number and the little numbers and how they weren't there originally, but it helps us to read it. So really basic. So once we've done it and everyone has the same Bible, then we get out a few different versions and we read the same verse in different versions just to show the kind of spread. And we, and we talk about identifying which version you might like to read um, because for many of the people that come on Foundations, they, they not got their own Bible. So we'll often recommend having the NIV, which is what we usually would listen very often to on a Sunday, but perhaps having another version to accompany it and to look between them. Um, 
then if we look at the third side piece, Phil, we talk about um, how do we hear God's word? So we hear God's word through the Bible, and we are practical, but we'll show you that in a second. We talk about finding sermons online and how do you how do you find them to listen to we talk about actually coming to church and how important that is because some of the people that come to our course have only done alpha and only engage with online viewing but we talk about how important it is to come along and fellowship together and then we talk about kind of radio and tv and how to find good material to listen to as well so really practically we talked about how how i think paul's talking about there so we talk about reading the Bible systematically and we have every week a selection of books and we've brought some with us today for you if you would like to look at at the end of the service you're welcome just to come and have a peruse and see kind of what you might like to, to read and I think even if you've been a Christian for a long time and you've read the Bible in a certain way there's always fresh new ways of, of reading it as well in fact one of the people who came to the course this time brought a book along with her one week and then I bought it the next week so we're always learning there's always new resources so feel free to have a look tonight then we're not we don't sell them it's just for people to look through so we talk about reading it systematically we talk about different translations we talk about pra the practical level perhaps underlining or taking notes we do talk about finding um, bible reading plans online so we talk about the bible society and the U version Bible and Bible in One Year from um, HTB, and we get people to actually download it there and then, or that might be one of their homeworks to do. But we are strong believers as well in in not always doing it online because you can have a lot of distractions. So at another practical level, we talk about taking notes in a sermon. So when somebody's prepared a sermon and they're teaching through the word of God, we talk about how to take notes well and why we might take notes. So um, I really want to encourage you that even if you've been to church for a long time, to come to the foundation course because we wrote it for new Christians. But actually, it's really, really helpful to kind of refresh um, your own godly habits, I guess, really. And... Uh, we talk about the stones in the jar analogy, which we'll talk to you about in a second, if I may. And um, for those of you who read Gordon McDonald's Order in Your Private World, and he talks about just once a year, just kind of weeding your garden, your spiritual garden. It's a, it's a, a foundations course, I think, can be a point of reflection just to stop and kind of refocus. Um, sorry, just butt in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we certainly talk about how, how you might... Um, Find, find a place in your life uh, where you can hear God. So for me, I need routine. Um, I've been institutionalized for quite a long time now as a teacher, and the bell goes on the hour every hour. So for me, it works well to set a time um, set a time aside, and we talk about the rocking chair, don't we, and uh, uh, Bill Hybels there. Um, but setting that time aside, that regular, that regular time with God to, to meet with God. As Paul said, we talk about being intentional. So, uh, yeah, Matt referenced the rocking chair clip. Again, it's a really practical uh, course. And we, we do watch a clip of this um, speaker who talks about how his, it was somebody else's rocking chair, actually, how he uses, he sits on that rocking chair and he talks to God every day. And he talked about um, kind of what he saw through that. But during the course, we talk about how you might access God's word on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, monthly, annual. We talk about retreats. We talk about going on different courses, but really practical, but about being really intentional. So I'll finish with that. So 
Stones in the jar, I know I did it last week in the morning, but I'm really enthusiastic about it. I think it's such a powerful analogy and picture. Jesus talked in parables because it's, you know, they were so powerful to talk in pictures. So I have this on my desk because I really like it to remind me. But in the course, we actually do it with a big old sweet jar. So we put it in first. The first time we do it, it's like this, isn't it? So you put the big stones in first, then you put the medium stones in, and then you put the sand in, and it all fits in very nicely, like that. Then we pour it all out, makes quite a lot of mess, and then we try and do it the other way round. We put the sand in first, then we put the medium stones in, and, well, then we try and put the big stones in, but they just don't fit. So the analogy is this. If you don't get your big stones in your jar, so that tonight would be kind of your spiritual life, your spiritual jar, but it might also be your kind of your work or your relationships. We talk, we, we talk about it in different ways. But for the benefit of tonight, your spiritual jar. So we have to get our big stones in first. So tonight we're talking about reading the Bible. But another week we would talk about uh, prayer. Or we might talk about going to community groups. Or coming to church every week and being really intentional about it. You decide what your big stones are. And you have to get them in first then you put your medium ones in, then you put your sand in. Your sand might be, like in the morning, if you go to read your Bible on your phone or your iPad, and then you see an email pop up, or a friend has messaged, and it, there's validity in answering that, but actually, if you start doing all those little bits first, you likely find that you can't get the big stone in. So we're really practical, encouraging people to perhaps go for a paper Bible as well, uh, just to really support you in your good godly habits of which that's it i think that's it is there anything else you want to say no. that's it come along to foundations that's great thank you guys thank you very much yeah give them a hand thank you very much oh don't take those <laughs> that's um so some very practical tips there. You know, I was thinking as the guys were talking, we, um, we often say to people, why don't you do an Alpha course? Even if you've been a Christian for years, do an Alpha course and refresh yourself. Refresh yourself in what you believe and what you know and what you think. And I think a foundations course would be, would be the same. Perhaps you're in a rut. Perhaps your daily routine, your weekly routine has got a bit stale. Why not turn up? Why not give it a shot? Come up and see what these guys are teaching, the new resources that they've got. I cannot highly recommend or recommend highly enough the bible project um if you go on youtube put in the bible project you don't need to know anything else just put in bible project and you'll work out what it is quite often if i'm starting a new book in the bible reading it i will watch that first they speak even faster than i do so beware um but it's a really really good resource um so I, yeah i would check that out so what else do we do uh, with the bible now what do we do with it so we read it we study it we make it first but i'm just going to go through a quick list here before i am um, before i wind up as I've said, we need to love it. We need to love it. We need to fall in love with the Bible. We need to make it part of our life that we cannot do without. We need to make it like brushing our teeth. You wouldn't go out without brushing your teeth in the morning. Don't go out without reading your Bible. Fall in love with the Bible. Teach it. Teach it to others. We've got some wonderful teachers uh, in our church. They teach it. But don't be afraid to teach it to your children. Teach it to friends. Teach it to yourself. We need to, to teach it. We need to feed on it, as we've said earlier. I won't, I won't go on anymore on that. We need to sing it. We need to sing the Bible. You know, there's been a departure from, from hymns for a long time. Um, me and my wife quite often have discussions about this. I, um, I have a, a secret love of old hymns, um, mostly because I was brought up in them as a child, I suppose. But they speak such scriptural truth. 
If you look into them and really, really dig in, most of the hymns that we sing are based on Scripture. I know a lot of modern songs are too. I'm not drawing a distinction between one or the other, but we sing truth. Pay attention to the words that we sing. Pay attention to them because most of them come from the Bible or certainly biblical themes. We need to build our lives on the Bible. Jesus told the parable of the, of the foolish and the, the wise builders. The wise man built his house upon the rock, built his house upon the word of, word of God. And when the storms of life came, he was still standing. But the one who built his life on anything else, the sand, was just blown away. Was just blown. We need to make the Bible central to our lives and build our lives on it. Use it as a standard, a measurement, a test piece. Anything you're, you're not sure about, you're not, yeah, you're a bit worried about. Perhaps someone comes and brings you a prophecy or brings something they want to share with you. Check it out in the Bible. Does it line up with what the Bible says? The Bible is the ultimate source. It is the ultimate test. The same with what you hear from the front in any church, anything you hear online. Check it out for yourself. That's why we need to know the Bible. You know, when, when we vote in politics, some people vote just on the color of the rosette that someone's working, and that's fine if you want to do that. But if you're like me, you have a bit of a dig around and see what these people actually believe. What do they actually stand for? And it's the same with us up here. When we're speaking, I mean, we, we're Christians, we love the Bible, we stand for the Bible, but, but check it for yourself. Check it for yourself. Be, as Dave said in the video, be a self-feeder. Don't take it as read that what, what we're saying is, I mean, it should be absolutely true, but get into it yourself. And we've heard it tonight as well. Listen for God's voice for it. People say, oh, God doesn't speak today. I very rarely hear from God. I often think, how often do you open your Bible? Because God is always speaking. He's always speaking. If we give him the chance to speak to us, he will speak. Before you open your Bible, Lord, speak to me. Speak to this morning. Whatever my reading is, whatever I turn to, speak to me. God will always speak. He is always speaking. And lastly, I want to say we fight with it. We fight with the Bible. We use the Bible to fight. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We battle against our own desires. We battle against our own thoughts and those of others with this Bible because of its sharp truth. Ephesians 6.17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of of God. We combat the words of the enemy with this book. I've said it before, my mum has got, if this is a sword, my mum has got what she calls a dagger. It's a little notebook with all her favorite combative verses in that she calls upon whenever she's in a tight spot. But if you think, when you hear the words from the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to refer to him as, when he tells you that you can't do it, the Bible says, if it's in God's will and he's called you to do it, you can do anything because he strengthens you when he tells you that you're guilty you're guilty he said there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ when he tells you that you're dirty I've been cleaned by the blood of Christ we fight with this Bible but we can only fight with it if we know it we need to get this written on our hearts as it says in Psalm 119 so why do we want to be a Bible-based church for this very reason. We want to be Bible-based because it says to base our lives, our everyday, on God's word. And that's what we're going to do. We want to be Bible-based. Again, where we started, we want to be a church that has strong biblical roots. It's truth. It's instructional. It tells us how much God loves us. And we want to be a church that teaches the Bible faithfully. We teach it every week, in and out, morning and evening, in kids zone, in kids club, 
in young adults, in source, we teach the Bible. We want to teach it faithfully, consistently, creatively, and culturally relevant, which is more challenging than ever, but we will do it. We want to make the Bible the centerpiece of what we do. So we're Jesus-centered and we're Bible-based. I just want to end with this scripture and a summary of of why we are Bible-based. In Ephesians 4, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Our whole destiny, our whole reason for being lies in this Bible. And if we want to grow and be more like Christ, if we want to grow closer to one another, if we want to be unified in our faith and tighter and closer as a church, we need to love this Bible and be Bible-based. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We want to increase biblical literacy across the church, recognizing that the Bible is the key way in which God speaks to us. We want to develop a curriculum for Christlikeness across all age groups in the church. We want to engage with the Bible daily. We want to pay attention to our singing and use songs that are both inspirational and biblical and instructional. We want to be a church that has strong biblical roots and that teaches the Bible faithfully consistently, creatively, and in a culturally relevant way. So what next from tonight? Everything that we've spoken of, or I've spoken of, some of others have spoken of, what next? I implore you to get into the Bible. Perhaps it's become a bit tired. Perhaps it's become a little bit difficult. Perhaps you don't even know where it is right now. But I would just ask you to try again to allow God to help you fall in love with the Bible. And the Bible will help you fall in love with God again. Bible-based, there are lots of things in the Bible we've talked about. We've talked about structure, we've talked about curriculum, we've talked about teaching. But if there's one thing I'd love you to take away is that we want to be Bible-based because the Bible is the best way of getting to know God. We've heard the other week, Augustine of Hippo said, love God and then go do what you want. If you love God through this word, your life will be transformed. And that's why we want to be Bible-based. Because we want people to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. So if you're struggling this evening, perhaps you've never even picked a Bible up. I don't know. But perhaps you need to sign up for the foundations course. Perhaps you need to come see one of us guys. Come and see Jeff. Come and see myself. We'll put you on the right track. I just meant to, I, I read this alongside the Bible. I read the Bible, there's some bits I don't understand. There's some bits I, I struggle with. So I read a book of someone that's much smarter than me, and they help me out. This book has just been a, and a lifesaver. So get something that helps you. Sign up foundations, get a good um, accompaniment to the Bible. 
Or get someone to walk alongside you. Have you got another Christian that you know, you know what, they, they know their Bible, they're so faithful. Perhaps they could ask them to draw alongside you and read the Bible together. But whatever you do, read this Bible and get to love it and make it the foundation of your life. I want to ask the band to, um, to come up and join me as, um, as I pray for us. And perhaps think, maybe there's, maybe God is, is touching your heart. Maybe he's, he's prodding you. Maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable tonight. Or maybe you just think, you know what, I do need to get back into this. I do need to, to get back into my Bible or I need to understand it better. Ask God tonight as we worship in a moment. Ask God, like I asked him, God, fire me up. Fire my heart up for your word. I've always struggled with it, but I, I want to love it. I want to read it. I want to miss it when I haven't read it. I want to go after it. Ask him. Ask him. And then pick it up like I had to. Pick it up and I promise you it will change your life. Maybe you've been a Christian for 30, 40, 50 years. But the Bible never stops telling us about God. And never stops showing us something more of his character. Let's pray. Let's stand and I'll pray and then we'll worship together. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would put it in our hearts to desire your word, to delight in your word, to trust your word, to read your word, and to to get you to write it on our hearts. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for the people that sacrificed their lives so that we might have it. So precious was it to them and so precious is it to us. I pray that we would be a Bible-based church. But as individuals, we will be Bible lovers, that we would love your word. And in turn, we would love you all over again. I pray, Lord, you would make us excited about reading your Bible. I pray that you would draw us to it, that you would draw us to yourselves through it, to yourself through it. So I ask this evening, Lord, as we 